Oh, happy Wednesday, beautiful people. Good morning in the Elm. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's cold. If you tuned in around nine o'clock, it's time for uh, Love Babs, Love Talk. I'm Babs Rose Ivy. And uh, it is nice for y'all to join me this morning. I appreciate you. Uh, I don't know if Harry's back in town. I don't think he is. So thank you, Nora, for riding shotgun in the uh, producer's chair, station manager chair. Thank you, thank you. I hope we have some Christmas music. I ain't hearing none at the beginning of the set. <laughs> so that must mean, uh, no, we don't have any. <laughs> uh, thank you, Nora. I appreciate you. Uh, I think we might get a word on the street. God knows who is out in these cold temperatures. But I was surprised. Paul Bass found somebody yesterday. And uh, uh, Jared, uh, safety manager, uh, I, I felt I felt good knowing that, you know, he's in charge of some stuff in these buildings so that nobody's cut no corners and take risk. <laughs> so I appreciate knowing that. And I learned something about construction that I didn't know. That they have designated people to make sure everybody is uh, living up to the standards set. So that is uh, that's a good thing, and uh, and I love that people come from other parts of the country to make Connecticut, New Haven, New Haven specifically, uh, their home. And he was one of those people that moved from New York. They wanted to buy a house. They moved to Hamden, and uh, happily ever after. So they say. So I, that was good news to me. Uh, last night I was at, a, you know, I stopped by Possible Futures Bookstore because uh, I do a little bit of LSAT studying. And by a little bit, I do mean a little bit. Now I take the LSAT on Saturday, the practice LSAT, uh, but we're going to treat it like the original, like the real LSAT. I mean, it's the real LSAT, but it's just an older version of it. So we're taking it on Saturday. So anyway, I told myself I had to study every day this week. I don't got none of these concepts to memory. But then when you sit down and read the materials, you're like, oh, yeah, I know this. So God knows what will happen to me when I sit Saturday morning and try to take this damn test. But anyway, I was at Possible Futures yesterday, met up with Ife over there, and then ran over to uh, the Canon um, for early dinner, and then ran over to Cafe 9 um, for jazz because... Um, one of our favorite little artists um, was in town and it was very, very nice to sort of see him. So uh, uh, it was lovely to see him and he was in top form and he just came off um, a concert. Uh, I, I think he was in Europe. I think he was in Italy, Spain, a couple of places. Um, and so he was away, so now he's back. And uh, two days in, he... Um, he uh, showed up at uh, Cafe 9 to play, which was nice. It was really good. So we stayed for his set. We didn't stay for the jam jam session. Uh, uh, Nick D. Maria is doing a wonderful job with this uh, New Haven Jazz Underground. Not to be confused with the Yale Undergrad <laughs> Jazz Collective. Uh, but some of them were in the house last night, too, so it was nice to see them. So I tell you, this little jazz community is tight, nimble and tight. So last night was good. So we, we got out at about 8, 8.15, because we knew, Eve uh, and I both, uh, we got jobs. You can't be out here all night in these streets. <laughs> no, no, no. 
we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> so yeah, so that concert was good last night. Uh, tonight I got to spend way more time studying. Uh, it's Wednesday, but I don't have I don't have anything to do tonight, but study. So that is the plan. Uh, I'm gonna go over to possible bookstores because I'm meeting a a, a good friend over there, Luciana. I will see you at three o'clock. Uh, after I leave the inner city news, I got work to do over there. Lots of work to do over there. Uh, and then Thursday, I think we're expecting a nor'easter, which I hope it doesn't come to like late, late, late in the day, because I've got I've got some stuff that I need to do. I'm I'm meeting up with the uh, uh, the admissions dean over at uh, the Institute of Sacred Music at the Yale Divinity School. Uh, talk about uh, how I'm going to apply to that. I don't know. We're going to do all the things. We're going to make it do what it do, baby. So 2023 is going to be 2023 and 2024 is the year of the student. <laughs> I, that's the only way I can tout this is the year of the student. And by year 2025, I should be finished with everything. And I'll be mid 60s. That'd be fine. I'll take it. I'll take it. Learning never. I, I used to work on a campaign at uh, Wesleyan for the uh, science and technology uh, departments. And uh, we worked on this video called Learning Doesn't Take a Vacation. <laughs> That's it. Learning doesn't take a vacation. I can still hear it in my head. Learning doesn't take a vacation. <laughs> I still hear it in my head. It's a little catchy jingle. It's, it's still in my head, in my head. So, uh, so yeah, so we saw Zweleke do my belle Pierre last night and his band. They were, they were in top form, let me tell you. Uh, happy birthday, Preston Wilson. Today's Preston's birthday. Uh, Preston's such a great guy. And uh, his show, Behind the Brand, is just doing well. So, happy birthday, friend. Uh, and, uh, Christine Joseph, Christine Bartlett, Josie's birthday, uh, was two days ago. Happy birthday to her. Karen DeBose Walton's birthday was three days ago. So was Tanya Poole Hughes, Felicia Wilson, who used to, who we used to be neighbors. Uh, we live in Beaver Hill. She's living across the street. Uh, her birthday was three days ago on December 11th. So happy birthday. Uh, my good friend, Nicole Jones, who we were in grad school together in New York. Her birthday is tomorrow. So I meant make sure I uh, make sure I send her a little a little shout out. So all these December babies, all these Christmas babies, <laughs> all the Christmas babies. So uh, let me take a let me take a run through to uh, uh, let me let me let me let me let me take a little run through uh, these internet news. I'm not really, um, I'm not really, uh, I had some music queued up, but I'm not gonna, oh boy, this Board of Ed is so janky, just, just janky. I don't even want to read it, but the superintendent search debate sparks tensions. And you know, it's not just New Haven, it's school boards all across this country are, are are reckoning with a lot of things um not just learning 
not just reading scores and math scores, but how to keep kids safe, how to how to shut down mass shootings. I mean, it's just a lot going on. It's just a lot. And I I think I think we have to come to grips with the fact that at some point we're gonna have to overhaul American education. Just gonna have to do it. So anyway, uh, that's up on the New Haven Independent. Safety Hunter keeps eye on the rising tears. Uh, so that's up on the New Haven Independent. That's one that I wanted to I wanted to see. Cause you know, when I when Paul's doing it, I see very little because he's shooting it from his camera and he's doing the, the conversation with his camera. So I wait like y'all wait for the for the piece to show up on the independent so I could see and read and look at the pictures and see, you know, everything, uh uh just to see everything. So I I'm happy. I'm happy for that. And uh, you know. Uh so yeah, safety guy. He's a safety guy. I, I had no idea they had a safety guy. So that really is I'm telling you, that gives me a new found respect for uh, construction and the folks who have construction companies that invest in having uh, safety protocols. I mean, they're, I mean, they're, they're legal. Um, they are the rule. Um, but to have somebody committed to carrying out on the ground, I think is, says a lot about the commitment it takes to ensure that workers don't lose their lives that workers do as they're supposed to do. So anyway, anyway, anyway. So yeah, go read up about him on the New Haven Independent. I I enjoyed his conversation, and uh, just another little slice of New Haven. Just another little slice. Just another little slice of New Haven. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of slices up on the New Haven Independent. So you know, take a piece. <laughs> it's your town. The news is. It's, this is the news of your town. So feel free to uh, feel free to jump in, take a read, uh, and get involved at any point. That's the good thing about this city. At any point, you could get involved. There's something going on in your community that you can, and if it's not, you can start it. And once you start it, it'd be like 50 million other people who are like, oh, yeah, 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 I believe in that too. <laughs> That's how this works. New Haven is crazy like that. Like you have an idea for something and somebody appoints you in a direction. Oh, oh yeah, I remember so-and-so said that. You go talk to them over there. They might be able to put you in the right place with all the other people who want to do this very thing. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. That, that's how New Haven operates. That's how I know it to be. I said, oh, I want to start a freed woman's fund. Well, I'm going to raise 10 grand. Okay, great. With little, very little effort. You know, very little effort. $10,000 raised, just very little effort. Imagine if I put some real effort behind it. <sighs> well, we've raised some money. Now it's time to give some money away. And it's endowed, and I'm happy about that. So give, give some money, start giving some money away, start all over again, uh, and keep it going. I see New Haven Promise has put aside... Uh, I saw this thing, and I was I was so happy because I've long since thought uh, that the New Haven Promise should make money available to uh, kids who want to go to historically black colleges. And sure enough, uh, a couple of days ago, they issued a press release 
the New Haven Promise will administer the Yale's, well, this is Yale's, newly created Pennington Fellowship for city students to attend HBCUs. And honestly, that's the least they could do, considering that the first HBCU could have been here in New Haven had it not been for the the, the efforts of Yale and the city of New Haven to, uh, or the town of New Haven to uh, shut it down. <laughs> so I guess this is their reckoning. So anyway, um, New Haven Province has been selected by Yale University to manage the Pennington Scholarship and organize the selection of Pennington Scholars through a committee process. Yale has created a new scholarship program to support New Haven public school students who choose to attend historically black colleges and universities. That's, this could be a real game changer if it's marketed right and if it gets into the hand of, hands of students. The participating colleges are Hampton University, Morehouse, Morgan State, and Spelman. Uh, more colleges will be added at a later date. Okay, that's a good that's a good top top one two three. That's a good top four. That's a good top. I'm not going to be mad at this. This is a good top four. I I would pick these top four too. I I think I would. Uh, Hampton, Morehouse, Morgan, Spelman. I I'd pick those. That's not a bad that's not a bad look. I think there's like forty between thirty seven and forty historically black colleges across the country. The Pennington Fellowship will support 10 to 12 students in each college bound cohort for four years, with each student receiving up to $20,000 toward tuition and fees per year. When fully implemented, 40 to 50 students will receive Pennington scholarships at any given time. I mean, I think that's, I, I love this idea so much. The scholarship addresses in part historical disparities in educational opportunities for black citizens. Yale President uh, Peter Salovey said Monday in an announcement to the Yale community, it will be funded by Yale and administered by the New Haven Promise Program, which the university co-founded in 2010 to put the dream of a college education within reach for young people in our home city who otherwise could not afford it. Now, you know what else? I'll give you one better, Yale. You should have a pipeline from New Haven to Yale University. Did you hear me? that you should have a direct pipeline from New Haven to Yale University of students, just a, a pipeline. Our responsibility to discover light and truth compels us to reckon with our past, Salavi said in Monday's message. Again, a pipeline from New Haven to Yale University. I appreciate the HBCU. I, I can't tell you, this is a couple of hundred years in the making. <laughs> The new Pennington Fellowship is part of the reckoning process. The strength of institutions can be measured in part by their willingness to confront their past openly and act meaningfully on what they find, Salovey said. The initiatives I have described here are important steps in response to Yale's historical role in association with slavery. They complement and will be reinforced by work planned across the university and additional programs and projects will be announced in the coming months. Hooray! The scholarship program is separate from and incremental to the New Haven Promise Scholarship Program, which remains unchanged for more than a decade. New Haven Promise has provided scholarships for public school students in the city to attend college in Connecticut. Now, with this new program, additional New Haven High School graduates will receive support to attend participating HBCUs around the country. Before the establishment of the Pennington Scholarship, Yale was the only university in the country 
funding a promise program for city students to attend a multitude of in-state colleges, said New Haven Promise President Patricia Melton, class of 83. The demand and interest in HBCU options have remained high as nearly 500 Promise applicants in the last 10 years have listed an HBCU among their top three final choices. The merit-based opportunity will be held, will be well received by our city's public school students who are nearly 90% students of color, Milton said. This can ensure that up to 12 hardworking students who are selected each year to receive up to $20,000 towards tuition can, can fulfill their dreams while mitigating the amount of debt they take on. I mean, that, that'll put a dent in some HBCU money, um, tuition. I think that'll put a dent, you know, because HBC, even the most elite HBCUs don't cost a grip. So it's expensive, but it's not a grip. The new scholarship would bear the name of Reverend James W.C. Pennington, the first black student to attend Yale. Born enslaved on Maryland's eastern shore, he lived for 24 years as a fugitive before securing his freedom. Pennington was prevented from formally enrolling at Yale because of his skin color, but he audited classes at Yale Divinity School before continuing a noteworthy career as a minister, anti-slavery organizer, scholar, and speaker. Despite, despite living at a time when black citizens were denied equality, Pennington pursued education for himself and others throughout a life lived with extraordinary courage. From 1828 to 1834, he hired teachers to tutor him in Greek and Latin, and attended night school, all while working as a coachman in Brooklyn Heights and gaining prominence as a delegate at the first colored convention in Philadelphia. Oh, I love this. Pennington's legacy is bolstered by his work to write the first African-American history textbook. The Pennington Fellowship that now bears his name is established with HBCUs Hampton University, Morehouse College, Morgan State University, and Spelman College. Yale will add to the number of eligible institutions as more partnerships are established. The fellowship builds on existing collaborations between Yale and HBCUs, including faculty-led research and teaching initiatives. Yale is also broadening the pipeline of prospective students through its affiliation with the Leadership Alliance, a group of U.S. universities and private companies that support its development of students from historically Black and minority-serving institutions. Students from 10 HBCUs presently participate in these programs at Yale. Applicants for the scholarship must be seniors at a New Haven Public School, submit an essay, provide a letter of recommendation, and have participated in at least 40 hours of community service. Fellowship applications are currently being accepted. The first group of Payton Scholars Fellows will begin college in the fall of 2023. And so for more information about the Pennington and Scholarship, uh, go to their website. Go to the uh, New Haven Promise website. They got a whole facts uh, link. So click on that, a whole facts tab. Um, get an interview and uh, or email some information. So, yes, uh, I'm pretty happy about that. Yay! HBCUs. I mean, I think I think we could get countries, places to do this all over town. I think that'd be a wonderful opportunity to help raise um, the presence and the attention of HBCUs. As a graduate of HBCU that is struggling, doors still open, but struggling. 
uh, I can't tell you the how invaluable that education was. It was the beginning of creating courage and confidence uh, in me. It it really was foundational to how I move in the world. And and I put my little Barbara Scotia, not even, I put my strong Barbara Scotia uh, degree up against anything and anybody because uh, I earned the right and I've earned it and uh, worked hard and very proud of it. So, so, so here's the HBCUs, wherever you may be. I have a lot of friends who go to HBCU, HBCUs. Uh, I, I, I just find them to be worthy. Um, they're expensive though. I mean, if you don't, if you come from no money, it's hard to, um, you know, pay for them. You know, private white institutions throw money at you to come to their schools. You know, free rides, full rides. HBCUs are not in that position yet. Um, but, you know, a couple of hundred years in, we're getting there. So a couple of hundred years in, we're getting there. So high five, Yale, Pennington, Pennington Fellows. That's a good look. So let's see what else you do. I'm going to be looking for the next few months. What else you roll out? What else you got? <laughs> what else you got? That's good. I'm looking forward to these scholars. I, I guess I need to make a phone call and find out who I could talk to over there about this. Maybe that's a um, maybe that's a Miss Melton conversation. Maybe so. Maybe I'll, I'll figure it out. But it's wonderful news. Um, oh, what a time! What a time! What a time! We were meant for these days, people. So I I'm appreciative. I'm appreciative of the news. So thank you. Uh, I think I saw Steve Winters yesterday in uh, the canon. But you know, white folks, when they see you, they don't know you outside of when they see you. <laughs> so so I just, I you know, he was in conversation. He looked at me, but I don't think he realized who I was. You know, I'm not hard to miss. I mean, I have purple hair, but okay. And you know, I'm a I'm a big black woman. I mean, there's a lot of us in town, but none with the coolest glasses. I just say it. So yeah, I saw him, but he was deep in conversation, so I could have spoke. I didn't want to. <laughs> I saw Maritza Barr last night too at uh half eight nine. She is a little slip of a woman, let me tell you. Petite, petite, petite. So I met her last night. We know of each other. We don't know each other. And God knows. Yeah, it was. It, she was in the house because she's friends with Zuleke's uh, 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 mom, Renee. And uh, she was in rare form, too. So it was really nice to see her. You know, we got to support our kids. We just got to. We just got to support our kids. And, uh, and he, you know, he came through the... Uh, he came through ECA, so it was really nice to sort of see that. And we we want we want to encourage our artistic children to be their artistic selves. So I, I've been dreading this whole moment for a minute. Um, so you know we're we're up on the ten year mark for the Sandy Hook children that were killed in their classrooms. I dare say they all would be what graduating college by now. And uh, I mean, graduating high school. And uh, and I, I just can't. Uh, 
I can, I'll never be able to sort of make this work in my mind how we uh, how we uh, make peace with that loss and and I'm not even the, the, the parent of one of these children I'm just somebody who lives in New Haven and was struck by it and it just feels like 10 years ago just seems so far in the distance and I remember um, I remember crying when I got the news about this because I just kept thinking what must these teachers and these children be going through in these moments when they're being fired upon? You're like, what? I, I just couldn't, and for a long time I was haunted by that, like these babies and these teachers trying to protect them and 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 what that must have felt like. So anyway, we got somebody for word on the street and Paul is logging in. So uh, as soon as he logs in. Uh, okay. I don't see you. I don't see you. So maybe Nora. Oh, there you go. I see you now. So anyway, I'll come back to uh I'll come back to uh the Sandy Hook. Good morning, Babs. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Who who Good, did you I'm find here. this morning? Excuse me? I said, who did you find this morning in this cold weather? I found a really nice gentleman who's having a good day to his morning. I'm here at back on Whaley behind the old shucks at American Muffler. And I'm here with Terry. I'm just trying to uh, show you Terry here. Terry is works for AAA. You get people out of trouble, right? You're the guy who comes when we call? Yep. And it's the flatbed. Yeah, the flatbed. Yep. That's, so that's not it here. No, no, no. I drive uh, uh, the flatbed from you know, your car. Breaker. So today you're off. Mm -hmm. So the other vehicle is the Envoy, right? Well, this is my vehicle. Yeah. And what are you doing on your day off? Getting brakes on. So you tried to come in here to get your day off. What was happening? What was wrong with the brakes on the Envoy? Uh, no, I put new brakes on last week, but they sent me the wrong parts for the front. Mm -hmm. So they had to take the old part off and put the new parts back on. That's all. Who were they? Was it this place or the manufacturer? No, the manufacturer, uh, uh, Detroit Axle, sent me the wrong parts. Hmm. So I had my car done last Saturday. Here? Yeah. And uh, But they, they sent the right rear parts, but they sent the wrong front ones. So they're just swapping them out so I can send the parts back to Detroit. Did they have parts here to give you to swap out? Or did you have to no, have no, them I send brought, it? I brought my own parts. So did you have to send a second time? Like when they send you a wrong sweater, you got to send back the sweater. Yeah, yeah. Did you have to go to the um, post office and send that big box no, down? they'll deliver it to you. You just okay. have to pay for it again. And then when you send it back, we'll get refunded for money. Now you're telling me you actually had to wait, obviously had to wait for your day off to come in here. And usually it takes a long time, right? People are lined up in the morning, get the car fixed. I saw mm -hmm. some woman was so upset about her brakes. She said she couldn't understand why everything was broken. Now to get the wheels. Did you have to wait online this morning? No. no oh, person here. oh, you got here before everybody else. You beat the rush. <laughs> and why'd you do that in the past? That way I make sure I get here first because I already know you come too late. You're going to be here for a while. So what, tell me about the past that happened to you in the past. Well, if I come here, there's a lot of cars. I just keep going. Anyway, I'll come back. And the line gets pretty long, basically. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. This is uh, a good place. They do a good yeah, job. Yeah, they do real good. So now they're putting. I send everyone here. Oh, you do. Yes, I do. And what do you? But you tell them to come early. I tell them, Well, I tell them to come. You know, either late in the afternoon when it calms down, or early. What time do they open? They open at night. So you get here right at night. 
you know, you know, you gotta get here. You gotta get here and be in the front. You gotta get here around seven. You got here at seven? Whoa! Yeah. You you waited two hours in the cold? Yeah. So isn't that like oh waiting God. if you come later and you're waiting? No, 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 no. How come? Because I'd rather get it done early. Ah. Uh, so what'd you do for those two hours? Watch, uh, uh, watch TV in my car. Oh yeah, what'd you watch? Uh, uh, FBI International. What's that? The 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 uh, uh it's like NCIS, you uh-huh. know, FBI, you know. What was the episode today? Oh, it was about a, a guy killed like three prosecutors in one, and the other one was about a fentanyl case. Were they real cases? No. Oh, okay, because I know the old FBI, they did our real cases. Well, FBI doesn't tell us what they did. That's right. <laughs> tell me tell me what you do, Terry, on most days. You're the AAA guy. Where do you I, I work? work and I, I assist our members. So what's your title? I'm a flatbed technician. Flatbed, what does that mean? You, you, you drive the flatbed when someone's car gets a flat? No, I drive the flatbed when your car breaks down. I come and tow it to the shop. Okay. Or I tow it to your house. Okay. Or if you break down on the highway, I tow you off the highway. What hours do you work? I work 9 to 5 days. 9 to 5 30? Yes. 5 days a week? How long you had that job? 5 years. How do you like it? It's okay. Now you got to get pretty bundled up, right? Well, sometimes like this. Yeah, but this yeah. time of year they're more because of the snow and the cold. No, no, snow really doesn't like control your toes. Mm-hmm. So, why do we all think that? We think that a, a lot of people think that. They also think cold, you know, means more dead batteries. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. So you would know because you're the guy who goes out to the calls. When do you? Rain when? Snow. When is it the most? Sometimes. <laughs> why is that? Because more people want to get stuff done in the days long. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How about overheating engines? Not really. That's the old days. Not, yeah, so like yeah, you and I, we started to join. I've noticed that. Now, did you notice that cars break down less in general because the cars are built better? Is it more crashes? No. Okay. No. At AAA, we don't really do accidents. We're member-based. Mm-hmm. So we really told for our members. But, I mean, like the newer cars, their tow situations are different. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it would be something totally different. Like the older cars, okay, it overheated or whatever. But don't forget, it's car overheated. Just let it sit. You can fill it back. You can fill it up with antifreeze back then. Mm-hmm. Can't do that now. So, what are the newer cars? What are their problems? <laughs> no start, or you know what I do more more toes for flat tires. Mm-hmm. Not there fewer flat tires too. Don't they build no, the radials better? People do not. People do not check them. See, I don't want to jinx it, but I haven't had a flat tire in like 10, 15 years. I used to have them every year. God bless you. You don't think it's because they make the tire better? No. Because I almost never drive. (laughs) Terry, Terry, how did you get into being a a flatbed technician for AAA? What did you do before that? Oh, I was a a lead tech at my Oh, okay. Before that, I owned my own garage right here in New York. Oh, where was that? On Justin Avenue. On Justin? Judson. Judson Avenue. What was the name of it? Richard's Garage. How long did you do that? 30 years. 30 years? Wait, how old were you when you started? When I started working on cars? And we started, and how old we, wow, how'd that happen? My dad. Okay, so when did you open your plate? In, uh, that one there? Which was? Hmm. I was like in the late 80s, early 90s. So how old were you? In my mid 20s. And why was it called Richards? That's my dad's. Did he work with you? Yeah. Who, who owned it? He did. But you ran it? Yeah. Uh, he owned it, you ran it. 
So it's family business. You like working on cars? Not anymore. No. Why not? <laughs> you got tired of it? Yeah. Thirty years was enough. So now, now what I do is I help other people work on the yeah, car, and that's even this morning. Yeah. Like yeah. in the old days, you used to have Richards. Would you have done this yourself? I did this myself. Yeah. What? What? At what age did it get to the point where you said, "Okay, I'm ready to have other young people do it instead of me"? Wasn't age. <laughs> Enough. Just time. And when was that? Five years ago when I went to uh, Meineke. No, when I went to Triple A. So you left Meineke. Now, why did you go to Meineke from your own joint? A friend of mine was the manager, and he he asked me to give him a hand. And why did you not want to run your own place anymore? Were you probably the paperwork? Well, no, no, it's just, just too hard to find decent, you know, decent buildings, uh, rent. Oh, you had rent and it went up? Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it, it's hard to find decent places now. Mm-hmm. Everything went up back then. So. But you were in a place on Judson. Yeah, but it was, it was like old. Oh, I see. So you wanted some place that cost too much. Yeah. So you said you went to Meineke. Then you said enough with the fixing. I've done it forever since I was eight. Mm-hmm. What so was now- the... And I let these guys fix <laughs> What was the first thing you fixed when you eight years old? What did your father teach you to do? Carburetor. And tell me what that involved when you were eight. I can't do it rebuilding now. Rebuilding a carburetor. You rebuilt the carburetor. Was it your family car? What kind of car was it? Pontiac Bonneville. Pontiac Bonneville. So what it was involved in rebuilding the carburetor at eight years old? Yeah, loads, cleaning, uh, Accelerator pump. Was it fun at eight years old doing that? Was it yeah, eight years old it was. And did your father teach it? In addition to teaching you specifically how to do it step by step, did he teach you any lessons about how to work? No, my in your dad's mind, not a step by step. Oh, what's your dad like? like do this. Mm-hmm. But we did he teach the era do this? Do this as yeah, opposed like to your parents told you to do something, you figured it out. You did. You didn't get step by step. You had to figure out yourself at eight? Yeah, well, you got to figure. You watch him do it your whole life while you're young. So, so you'd yeah. watch your dad before yeah. that? Yeah, before I started doing it. So you stuff. figured out on your own how to do the carburetor at eight years old? Seriously? Yeah. Terry, that's not bad. Yeah, well, I had to do it like two or three times. But yeah. Two or three is not bad. Mm-hmm. Did he teach you anything psychologically about being a repair person? Like no, how you approach it? Me. Really? Mm-hmm. He said, but then he went in the garage with you. Yeah, but he never wanted me to work. Why? He just didn't want me to be a mechanic. Did he think I want a better life for my son? I want to be a lawyer. Be a lawyer or a doctor. He said lawyer, doctor. That is hilarious. Everybody else back there. And what did you think when he said that? I want to be a lawyer or doctor. Why not? Because I'd rather work on cars. (laughs) 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 So, Dad, no matter as he tried to tell you not to do something, you watched what he did. But you watched what your dad did. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? We watch the parent, and that's different. What they show you is different. What they say. Back then, it ain't the same. Yeah. Where were you growing up? Right here. I mean, like what street? I I I, I grew up on Edgewood Avenue. Mm-hmm. Moved from Edgewood to Shelton. Mm-hmm. And I'm a life. Been right. here my whole life. All right, Babs. Do you have any questions for Terry? So when you when you go to to a mechanic, what should we be asking mechanics if we don't know them? If you go to a mechanic, what should we be asking a mechanic if you don't know them? If you don't know them. Ooh. That's 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 a hard one right there. Because <laughs> most people most people go to a mechanic because they're referred. Okay. You know what I mean? So I mean, you can only ask them. You know, depending on what's wrong with your car. Mm-hmm. 
you know. So what are you going to do the rest of today when this gets fixed? Oh, uh, go buy more parts. For what? For this car. What else? No, is actually, I got to put an alternator on. On this car? No, nah, on my own, my other car. What's your other car? Uh, it's a Pontiac Transam. You like Pontiac? Mm-hmm. Pontiac Transam? Transam. Transam. Mm-hmm. Why do you like Pontiacs? Uh, I grew up with them. Uh-huh. Anything special about them? Or are you just used to them? Well, I mean, for me, they were, you know, it was a really good car. I never had any problems with them. Mm-hmm. So now you are going to do some of this other work later today I'm yourself? I'm going to change the alternator myself. Why are you doing that yourself? Because the, the car is in my yard. Plus, it's easy. So you're not completely out of the game? No, I'm out of the game when it comes down to repairing other people's cars. But you're all caught here. <laughs> you're out of the game. You didn't do this yourself no, today. No, I'm not doing that. Why, do, why are you not doing that, no. but you're doing the other today? You need, a, you need to lift the car up and take the tires off. No, I'm not. But you are, no tires off at work. <laughs> but you are going to do the other one. Because you still know what you're doing. Didn't make... I, I didn't forget. And that's easy. It's only got like two uh-huh. Plus, I built the whole car myself, so I know everything. You built the car yourself? Oh, you, oh, yeah. You need to rebuilt it? Yeah, I built the whole car over since I had that car since 98. You had it since 98. What year was it made? It's an 86. You bought it used. Yep. You rebuilt it. Mm-hmm. And now you keep it going. Because mm-hmm. you can't completely take Terry out of the game. I'm sorry. Well, I it mean, sounds like Terry still I, mean, I, I work on my own vehicle, but not not this kind of work. Like yeah. brakes and no, not How many the job you're doing today with the brake that they're doing for you? Mm-hmm. How many of those brakes have you done for other people over oh the years? God. Give me I a number. Come on, give me a guess. Thousands. Thousands. Yeah. So you've done thousands of times what the crew here at American is doing for you today. Yeah. How are they doing? They, they must be doing good for me to bring my car. That's right. But, but so I take it you like the <laughs> so honest, so we had our garage. We worked with these guys. Oh, you knew these guys? Yeah. yeah. So Paul. Yeah. So, so uh, Babs, it, you had a question. Is it so? Is it yes? Yeah, so so is it cheaper for you to let somebody else do it, or is it no um, no, no? It would be cheaper for me to do it myself, but it, it's not about the money all the time. Right. Sometimes about your physical and mental. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and you have to really be tooled up. So, you know, they do this every day. So they're tooled to do it. I mean, I, I have a jack, but I let my friend use it. So I would have to go find my jack. I would have to, you, you understand? So I, I know they do this every day. So why not come here? We good, Babs? You got more yes. questions to Terry? Yeah. Firm believer in supporting those who supported you, and and in your neighbor, and they supported you when you were growing up. Same people in this place that long. Yeah, yeah, he's wow. been here forever. That's awesome. Matter of fact, how long y'all been here, Junior? See? Huh? All right. All right. Babs, you have any more questions for Terry? No, now I got a place to bring my car. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Terry. Tell everybody, if you need work done, that's what I do. I send them right here. To America. Yeah. Behind the old Chucks on yeah. Whaley. On Whaley. Across from the police substation near Sherman. Yeah. I All love right. It. Well, from Whaley Avenue, Babs, this is Paul and Terry at the Word on the Street segment of Love Babs, Love Talk on WNHA New Haven's home for community radio. I'm telling you, these things make this city go. The American. I, I passed that place a gazillion times. I had no idea. And I and I think I could trust uh, Terry because you know he works for Chippewa. He was working for Meineke. So I feel like 
I feel like it's trustworthy. <laughs> wow. That's another good one. But I don't know. Two hours, though? Getting there at seven and waiting two hours for them to open at nine so you can be the first one? Woo! But if you need your card done, you need your card done. So two hours is a small price to pay if you need it done. So they must be busy from the time they open the door uh, to the time they close. Huh. Although I, I am baffled by the fact that they're not open earlier. Like I, most garages, I imagine they could be open like 7.30, 7 o'clock. I wonder why they're not open that early. Because they could really get more done in the early part of the day than the latter part of the day when it starts to get dark at like 4. But you know what? That's not my... um. That's not my business. <laughs> that is not my business. But I, I like having, although my Jamaican friends have turned me on to a good mechanic. So I've been using him. He's in Milford. Uh, and I like him. And he has come to my house and worked on my car a couple of times. Uh, but I like him. And, uh, you know, he's another one that knows something about a car. And sometimes when I when I had the van, when I had the Traverse, I was taking it over to Gila. And uh, over there on uh, Fountain and, and Whaley, uh, they're good people too. So, I mean, I, I've i spent some money in some car work. Uh, but this little man that I have now, Mr. Sabone, uh, I kind of like his style. He, has a, he rents a space in the garage in Milford. So I just drive out there and, uh, and he deals with my car. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I need to go back out there so he can put a brake pad on. So... Listen, and you know, mechanics are tricky, particularly, particularly uh, for women, you know, because it's, it's, I, I think there's still this thing that women don't know about cars. And so we get taken advantage of a lot. Um, and so uh, I think um, he, Terry is right that, you know, you get referrals to uh, mechanics, you know, and everybody has a good mechanic or knows a good mechanic. Um, so, 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 so I get that aspect of it. I really do. I get that aspect of it. So, uh, uh, but yeah, and it's one of these things. And you know, I I I I graduated from Eli Whitney, so I know my way around some car things because, you know, it's a tech school, and we, you know, when you're a freshman, you have to go through all the all the shops. And I remember being in the auto mechanic shop, and I think you could still take a auto mechanic class for women at uh, Gateway, if I'm not mistaken. You know, just so you can learn basics so that it's not foreign to you, you know, like if you need an oil change or what does this mean if the light comes on or your brakes or all that kind of stuff. Not that you need to do it yourself, but that you have some awareness about uh, what is being done to your car. So I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, because, you know, cars are very vulnerable. And uh, and I'm acutely aware, and I have been broken down on the highway. I've been, I've had a flat tire on the highway. I've had uh, spark plugs die on the highway. I mean, I've just, I've just had a time, had a time with cars, um, and uh, and put a lot of money into cars. Whew. So I I know. So this year. Um, I actually bought a triple A membership. I actually bought a triple A membership for the year uh, because 
I did not want to be. I found out that using roadside assistance through my insurance was a penalty. I had no idea it was a penalty. Um, so, and so when I went to renew my insurance, they were like, oh, this, 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 you've used this, this, this. And I was like, I thought it was a courtesy. I didn't know I was going to be penalized. So I was like, oh no. So I got triple A. I'm done with using roadside assistance um, so that I'm not penalized for using them. So in a year's time, when they see that I have not used them, then uh, that might bode well in my my renewal process. Because, uh-uh. <laughs> and, you know, AAA is not that expensive. I just got a standard, I think I got like a standard membership. I think it was like 60 bucks a year. I got one for me, one for my daughter, because she drives. And, uh, you know, so if you if you get somewhere, I think I got more than the standard. So if you need to be told like 100 miles or more, uh, it'll be covered. You know, because there's nothing worse than like, oh, we could tow you to the city line and that's it. And then it's going to cost you $200. Like, no. <laughs> so I just like, oh, no, I'm going to go ahead and get the extra. Because just my luck, I'll be somewhere where uh, it's 99 miles to the next garage. Like, no, I'm not doing that. So, so yeah. Listen, having, having all the things with the car... Uh, is interesting. Although I was, I was quite intrigued by the fact that he said um, the, mm, batteries. Most of the batteries don't die in the winter. Like winter really has little bearing on that. That he sees most of it in the summer. <laughs> I was like, whoa, you know. And uh, uh, and he didn't say cars were better. He just said, you know, they're different. So I was like, okay, all right, all right. And, you know, now you have sensors on cars that um, tell you all kinds of things, right? Like I have a sensor on my car. And I notice that whenever the weather drops, it says tire pressure issues, you know, tire pressures. Um, and then when the weather goes back up over a certain degree, it goes away. Uh, but I, I have to take it to my mechanic anyway. I'm going to mention to him, like, the tire pressure seems to be off. And I put tire, put air in the tires, but it might need just to be balanced all over again, right? So I'm gonna have it all checked because cold, and uh, and I just don't want to be stranded anywhere. Gosh, and I know what that's like. I've been let me tell you, I have been stranded on the Merritt. I have been stranded uh, in neighborhoods. I've been stranded on hills. You know, I've just I've just uh, I have just been under it. So I know. I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> so, Triple A, I'm your newest member cuz I can't uh I can't even can't even can't even. So, I'm just letting y'all know. Um so when you find a good mechanic, it is a it is a good thing. It is a really good thing. And uh, I've had some good ones and I've had some, I think, some shady ones, I want to say. Um, but for the most part, good ones. For the most part. Uh, for the most part, good mechanics. 
Uh, but you don't really know, right, if somebody's a good mechanic or not. You, you don't know if they're taking you for a ride or not, you know, because they get your car back on the road. And you're just like, oh, okay, my car is back on the road. And then you try to figure out, all right, my car is on the road. What's happening? <sighs> so, hmm. anyway, I learned something new today. <laughs> and I'm a member of Triple so I might see Mr. Terry. I don't want to see Mr. Terry, but I might see Mr. Terry. Good one, Paul. Good one. I learned something new today. And I tell you, you know, it's a lot to think about the people who are out early in the morning doing the thing, who are out and, and working outside. And the garage is like a quasi-in-out kind of situation, right? So, you know, it's cold, but you you got the doors open. You're kind of outside, but you're inside. Yeesh. God bless them. God bless them. And then I wonder when, they, when do they make the decision, like, not to work on cars? Like, what's too cold to work on a car? And can they work on cars and... Uh, and close the door. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's that kind of like what? Like, what is what is the breaking point for a garage? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I just know I'm grateful for the for the. Uh, I'm just grateful for the uh, for the mechanics that I have and the people who have shared their mechanics with me. And my brother has shared some good command. My brother Robert has shared some good command com mechanics over the years with me. You know? So we've had some good mechanics over the years because he know people. <laughs> he know people. And I'm always like, do you know? Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? And it's like, oh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> so that's it so hey Mike Twitty and uh, hey Nick DeMaria uh, oh, people are on the, on the site with me this morning thank you thank you thank you thank you so so yeah so I don't know what's going on in the city tonight I don't I don't know but I, I can't get into it because I need to study a little bit more for my LSAT but I did enjoy Cafe Nine last night. It's so good to be in a space, uh, uh, to be in a space to hear live music. And, uh, and I think Cafe Nine got new chairs. Those chairs seem awfully comfortable on my butt. <laughs> so I'm thinking those are new chairs. I'm thinking they are. I meant to ask the bartender because he know he knows us now. We come in there. We haven't been in there since a good while, but uh, we came last night. It was really good. So. So high five to Nick D. Maria for uh, keeping jazz alive in this city, you know, because, you know, uh, jazz is what black people gave to the world. Jazz, black people, black people gave the world jazz, not white people, black people. Now, white people are playing jazz because they love it and 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 they they see the beauty of the music. But jazz is a uniquely African-American uh, constructed music genre. Black people did that. So jazz for the culture people. So I try to see jazz every chance I get because it is a uniquely 
American, Black American uh, 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 genre of music um, that the world has embraced. So, so I have to remind people. This is why I like Brian Slatery because Brian Slatery lets you know every time he plays either a piece of jazz or a piece of um, folk music that its roots, its history, its beginnings are in the Black community. And I need white folks to say that every time they step on the damn stage um, playing jazz music, that this music is is uniquely uh, created by uh, Black people in this country. And that's the truth. There's no, there's no, no other way around that. You know, jazz did not exist. Uh, white folks didn't invent jazz. They play it, and they market it, and they made some money off of it. But it is not, it is not their uh, invention. It is our invention. Um, so I try to see it as, as much of it as I, I humanly can when I can. Cause, and I like music too. So don't get me wrong. I'm not just listening to jazz. I, I go to. I go to classical concerts all the time. I love the symphonies. One of my favorite things to do. Love that music. Um, and I love the fact that they have been over the, since Alistair has been there, they've been, they have been um, uh, reintroducing folks to uh, black composers like uh, Miss Price, you know, like, like a bunch of other folks that they've been introducing us to um, and been consistently doing it for the last several years since Alistair uh, Neal has been here. Uh, and it's been wonderful to uh, to experience that music. It has really been wonderful to experience that music. Um, you know, we got the, the the Duke Ellington Jazz Series out of uh, the Yale Music School that Willie Ruff had put together 40 years ago. Now, he's long since retired, uh, but the series still goes on and the music is still beautiful. And then you got those little Yale undergrad uh, class uh, jazz collective students who put on uh, jazz concerts everywhere they can over there on Yale's campus, mostly in the, what is it, the Underbrook, the Undercroft? Uh, they do it. And then here's Nick Maria, you know, setting up jazz in in spaces where jazz used to be commonly played in in uh, bars and restaurants and nightclubs. So so it's nice to sort of see that. And uh, so I'm I'm waiting for the day when jazz returns to Dixwell Avenue, where the heart of jazz uh, was birthed in this city on Dixwell Avenue. So I'm I'm looking forward to for jazz to bring his ass back into the hood. <laughs> I need to come back home. That's what I need. You know I love going to Cafe Nine. I love going to all the spaces where jazz is played in this town. But I like to see jazz come on back home in my neighborhood. You know up and down the Dixwell Corridor from Dixwell Newhall to Dixwell Newhallville Corridor all the way to the Hamden Line. I'd like to see Jazz come back over there, you know. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I'm going to take a break. Nora's going to um, put the put the call letters on, maybe play some Christmas music. I don't know. I know she's riding shotgun. And uh, I'll be back at 10.15. Don't y'all sweat it. And uh, thank you, Nora have to get the COVID vaccine for school? My five-year-old starts kindergarten this year. It's not required, but I did get mine vaccinated to be on the safe side. There were several cases of COVID in the classes this year, and I'm happy they all stayed healthy. I just keep wondering if the COVID vaccine is the right thing for my child. I understand fully, and from what I've seen, there's been no major issues with my friends or their children. The COVID-19 vaccine is safe and effective and it improves people's lives. Thanks to this vaccine, 
there is less spread and fewer symptoms reported by those who get infected. Now everyone over the age of six months can get it, and no appointment is necessary. Find out more at nhvvax.com, nhvvax.com. Make summer safer. Protect your family from COVID-19. Anyone over nine months old can get vaxxed. No appointment necessary. Visit nhvvax.com. That's nhvvax.com for everything you need to know. I'm New Haven Health Director Marissa Bond. If you or your family have COVID-19 symptoms or think you were exposed to someone with COVID, quarantine, stay home, and get tested on day five if possible. If you have COVID, isolate, wear a mask, vaccinate, get boosted, and tested as needed. Those are the best ways to stop the spread of COVID. At this time, we are vaccinating everyone ages five and up. Stay safe, New Haven. For all of us. Hi, this is Babs Rawls-Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. I want to dance all night, Monday morning, and I'm sick of this job already. Like a ball, 
When life tried to flip, didn't get tossed. In the pearly whites, time to floss. Got top billing, counted the cost. Everybody knows that you're a go getter. Set me with a smile as you earned your cheddar. Work real hard, and who could do better than you, Bob? We got through the week, I didn't even trip when we did speak. Yo, I'm JK, and I'm doing my thing with my big sis, selling like champagne. people who are experiencing loss and grief and I'm not talking to those people I'm talking to your run-of-the-mill bar humbug types <laughs> I'm talking to them I'm not talking to the people who this is the first anniversary or the hundredth anniversary of somebody they love lost I'm not talking to those people I'm not talking to the people who feel some kind of way who have depression or anxiety or whatever I'm not talking to those people because that's a whole different kind of thing that's something else but for you run-of-the-mill bar humbug types, <laughs> and you know who you are, <laughs> I'm talking to you. Stop being mad about Christmas or Halloween or Thanksgiving, these seasons blending in or coming too soon. Stop it. Or just, you know what, just buy your groceries online and don't go in the store. It's like, I, I can't, I, I, I'm always baffled why people are like, oh, I, I can't stand when all the, the decorations are out. What? <laughs> All that beautiful ribbon and bulbs and lights, you don't like that? <laughs> oh, I need it to be. No, because there are some people who like to start their Christmas shopping early or just want to get in the spirit early. Why would you begrudge them? You don't have to have that experience if that's not your thing. I, I just, I just, I'm just, people come out their bag because their own whatever's going on in them is not lit whatever's not lit in you that's on you get a match <laughs> get a candle light yourself up just embrace the joy of the season as best you can try it just try it on the next time you walk into a store and you see all the all of it done up in like i don't know early november smile and say yes tis the season try that Instead of, oh my God, I hate, ugh, I'm so annoyed, I can't believe it. Why can't these stores? Because that's not how retail works. And if you know anything about retail, it is a, you got to get ahead of the season. You got to be prepared for the, for the seasons, ahead of the season. So there are some people that, you know, they start, you, you know, when, I tell you, Marshalls and TJ Maxx and, and, and Burlington are good examples of this. They start putting out that Christmas stuff sometime mid-November. You start seeing it. They start putting out the Thanksgiving stuff mid-October. 
They start putting holidays, uh, uh, Halloween stuff out, late September. You start seeing little bits of it. And the next thing you know, you're overrun with it. And then they mark it down. And then they go on to the next holiday, right? But they've already started putting out all that holiday stuff, you know. And so by the time December rolls around, the day after Thanksgiving, it's a full-on Christmas festival. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to go look for holiday things. Um, and I have to wait till December. If I see a black Santa, because, you know, we hunt for black Santas at my house. And I went by myself this year because everybody is wherever they are in different stages of whatever. So I, I found one by myself this year and I, I loved it. I'm never going to give that up. That's my own little tradition. So I'm going to give it up. I gave it to my children. They'll figure it out for themselves as they get older. And they'll remember that, oh, this was our tradition. And maybe they'll do it with their own children or, or with their own friends. You know, if, if they never have children, maybe they do it with their friends or their significant other or coworkers. Or, I don't know. Whatever. I know. I enjoy it. So there you go. I didn't put up a tree this year because there's no place to put up a tree in this house. There's no place to put up a tree in the storage bin of my apartment. My apartment is a storage bin right now because children come and go periodically. They just come and go. I have Khalil stuff. I have Margot stuff. I have Gregory stuff. I have Brianna stuff. Everybody, everybody has their stuff in my house, all of it. So I, I feel like how my mother and my aunts used to probably feel when I used to come and to blow into town with all my things, you know, from moving from apartment to apartment. So that's why I give it grace because I because I was that person, too. <laughs> you know, I, I oh, I need to store my things. OK, you know. Oh, I need to put my things somewhere. I need to put my things somewhere. So I would put things somewhere and, and there they would stay. I think I still have stuff in North Carolina with my with my professor dr lynette fox and i think she i think when the last time i saw her when i was down there she's like oh i had to throw some things out because it rotted <laughs> i was like ah girl whatever <laughs> i don't even know what to i don't even know what to say i don't know what to say so so yeah so i'll i'll live in the storage bin because they all they're all gonna fly out the nest they're all gonna go get their own places that, that and hopefully in 2023, so I can take back my apartment. <laughs> that's the that's my goal to take back my space, so that I could you know have my furniture delivered, so I could paint, so I could hang curtains, so I could do all the things without, like so I could put my spare bedroom back into my closet, so I could run the racks, and that's the plan. That is that has always been the plan for the last three years, but you know COVID and all these things and the return of children and the changing of lives. And, you know, so you just have to make a way for that and just be a little patient and be like, okay. <laughs> okay. I'd like to, like to enjoy my apartment before I have to go to assisted living. That's the idea. So, so yeah, so I say all that to say, just the season to be jolly, follow la 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 la. And uh, I, I, I love the season. I have always loved Christmas. Even when I was at my lowest, even when I was depressed and sad and broken, I still I still found joy in the season. I still found joy. And uh and being somebody who is highly religious as I am, which I know freaks people out that I that they know that about me, but I, I find the the mystery and the magic. And listen, you 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 pseudo Christian theologians, 
scholars or anti-scholars or whatever the hell you are. Please don't start that. Oh, well, you know, Christ wasn't really born on Christmas. That, that's not the point. <laughs> if you think that's the point of this of this whole season, then you, you need to go sit in spiritual direction. And I'm happy to sit in spiritual direction with you till you sort of come to some understanding and spiritual maturity. Um, so if you think that that that's the that's the gist of what Christmas is, uh, that a child is born in a manger. Mm, okay. I'll tell you what the gist of the spirit is, is that we draw our hearts together uh, and that we spend this time being good humans to one another. And that there that there that perhaps there was a baby in a manger somewhere who brought light to the world. And listen, here's the thing for me. Every baby born is the light in the manger. For me, every baby that is born is the light in the manger. Every child that comes into this world is the light of the world. That's it. Every child is the Christ child. And if we if we moved in that direction, oh, how amazing the world would be if we just thought every child was the Christ child. And we would we would heap blessings and joy and love on that child, no matter the situation. Because listen, you can't get no more jankier than Mary and the way that she came to have this baby. You know, that's every single mother story in the world. <laughs> that's every unwed single mother in the world. That's the, that's the story right there. And if you cannot see that, then you need to go back and, 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 and meditate and do some, do some contemplative work around that, you know. Because you know when that story is told, she she is not she is not a woman of of, of she, first of all she's a girl, and uh, and it's a complicated story. Ain't they all complicated stories? <laughs> and then she's asking Joseph to stand in that space, like, can you just accept this? <laughs> and at first he wasn't. He was gonna like, I'm gonna send you back to your people. And, and I'm going to send you a little money in your purse. I'm going to send you back to your people because this is not what I signed up for. And then the angels had to intervene. And you know what angels are? Your damn friends and family. Hey, don't do that. <laughs> you love her. You love her. You accept her. Listen, we all call to our roles. Christ calls us all. God calls us all. We serve a God that calls and sends. Sometimes God calls you to a thing. Sometimes God sends a thing. Sometimes God sends a thing to you. Sometimes God asks you to call a thing, right? Serve a God of call and sin. So Joseph had to deal with that story, right? He had to, he had to make it right then in his mind. Okay, I'm going to go with this. <laughs> That's, that, it, isn't that a great story? <laughs> That's a great story. I think I could be a parent to this. I think I could be a mother to this. I think I could do this. That's the story. That's the story. And so, uh, so so we so we celebrate that. But there's so much more to the story. You know, the three wise men that come. Uh, and no matter what you think, you know, the Latino population, Catholics and other folks have taken that part of the story and, and wrapped their own culture around it. That's why I think it's called this, the season of mystery and magic and light. Um, because everybody has a piece of the story and they make that story their own story based on where they are culturally. And you can't be mad about that. That that takes the story far and wide. Because at the heart of the story is 
Let us be in love. Let us be in love with babies that are coming. Let us be in love for parents. Let us be in love uh, for the animals that we care for. Let us be in love uh, when they say there is no room at the end. That's homelessness. Do you understand? That is homelessness. When they say there is no room at the end, you got to make the leap to say they are homeless. They don't, they don't have any place to stay. So guess where they're going to stay? They're going to stay in the barn. And they're going to swaddle the baby in the manger. You know what the manger is, right? The manger is where animals eat. <laughs> it's not a bed. <laughs> it's hay and food and, you know. So, so there's a lot to this story. The story has far-reaching implications for our everyday practical lives. You know, that, that yes, we could do something about homelessness. You know, even though it is a romantic story in that regard, it is still a story that gives us pause to think about, well, if they had to endure that, what are my sisters and brothers doing right now? Right? Right? So you have to think about that. And the bringing of the gifts. And we each have gifts to bring to each other and to the world. If only we are prepared to understand that part, that we have gifts that we can give. And there are gifts that we should receive and can receive. I, I I love I love this 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 story because I can think about it in so many different ways and from so many cultures and so many points of views. And it is still the same story of goodness and light and goodwill and mankind and promise and joy. And joy. And joy. Who we, we ought to be celebrating when babies come. We ought to be celebrating when new mothers uh, have support. <laughs> and we can be supportive to, to new mothers, right? So it's all those, so that story, that story of the birth is just a story for everybody to sort of take what they need from it and build upon that and let it light a fire in you for, this, for the season. That's what I do. I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, the, 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 the Jewish folks have have don't have a dissimilar story. The 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 lights of Hanukkah, you know, they they are running persecution. They get someplace and like, oh, we bought out of oil. <laughs> Woo! And then what happens? A miracle happens. They have oils for they have oil in the lamps for 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 a little bit longer, a little bit longer, and and it lights the darkness. There you go. That's a, that's a story of hope. That's a story of preservation. That's a story of belief. That's a story of togetherness. That we are, and, and it's a story of shared destiny. Not unlike the Christmas story, shared destiny. The Hanukkah story, shared destiny. <laughs> all these stories around this holiday are shared destiny. We are all in this together and we can be guided by light. We can be guided by light. Isn't that amazing? different similar <laughs> light the light guides us and by light i don't mean whiteness i mean light that the ability to see and light represents the ability to see beyond yourself that's what light is to the illumination of self and the illumination of of, of situations and the illumination of love and friends and family i mean come on I could do this all day. 
So when I walk into the store and I hear good Christmas music, which has nothing to do with the birth of Christ, but it all ties in, right? It all it all ties in because it's, it's something for all of us to sort of, you know, maybe the Christ story is not your story, but you do like a damn Frosty the Snowman story. But you like a Frosty, Frosty the Snowman. So children like that. And you parents, stop taking away these magical things from children. Stop saying, oh, Santa Claus doesn't exist. How do you know? <laughs> I still believe in the magic of Santa. I, I do. I believe. I believe in the magic of Santa. I believe in the, in the sense of something is coming and that joy is attached to it and happiness. So let children be children. You know what? There are children in Ukraine right now who are probably trying to prepare for Christmas under extenuating circumstances. Extenuating circumstances that bombs are falling on their heads and yet they are preparing for Christmas. I, I mean, that's, that's an amazing sort of thing that the light of hope is still instilled in them. But I say that about Africa too. It, it, pick pick some place that is civil having civil unrest in Africa, and it's the same same message that that people in hard times still persevere, and that they hold faith and keep faith that at some point my life will be better. And we have the power to do that with each other to make the world better, to make the world better. So don't don't dash the the dreams of children because they want to believe in Santa or Rudolph or Frosty. We we have they have time enough to come into the reality of things. They have time enough to step into the world. And you know, the world is a ghetto. <laughs> the world is a ghetto. With all its beauty, with all its majesty, with all the things, with all the goodness, the world is still the ghetto. And 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 the world will 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 reveal itself to them in enough time. We don't have to help it. We don't have to help it. So I'm just saying. So listen, get in good cheer. Sing some Christmas songs. Put some Christmas records on. Let your children see you be light and happy and joyous. Don't be bah humbug. And I know some of y'all are bah humbug. Because I know I'm going to get the messages bad you. Ooh, Christmas, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't have a choice. I'm built for happiness. <laughs> I am built for happiness. I always have been, even in the worst moments, even in the darkest of times, even when all else was falling by the wayside for me, when I was in danger, when I was trouble, when I was traffic. I still, I still, I still believe in magic and mystery and hope and love. And I've cultivated that. Now, there was times in my life when, you know, all of that stuff was pressing upon me and I was angry and destructive and all that. But, oh, baby, when you crack open, crack open and get that light. <laughs> so I love Christmas. <laughs> now, you know what I need to hear? I heard a little DMX doing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, which for me is my favorite thing. But then I, I like Curtis Blow with the Christmas, you know. And, and I love uh, Run DMC uh, Christmas and Hollis. So, I, you know, <laughs> I love, I love, 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 love Mariah Carey. I never tired of that song. <laughs> I know people are like, oh, I don't, I don't know how you get tired of Christmas songs. I just don't know. I don't get it. All I want for Christmas is you. That, that's the best damn song ever. Can you imagine somebody singing that to you? 
all I want for Christmas is you. You have got to be, you've got to be a heart of stone not to be moved by those sappy little lyrics. Because honestly, honestly, people, everybody wants that. <laughs> everybody wants that kind of romance, love, acknowledgement, thought, feel. Everybody wants it. So don't don't play me. Play Lotto. Don't play me. Because I know you want it. I know you want somebody to just stand outside your door and sing sing them songs to you or you want somebody to I, I know you do. I do. <laughs> I I I like corniness. Me the corny you are, the better I am. The happier I am. I like that kind of stuff. Love it. Mm. I'm on my sec, sec, second cup of uh dual blended tea. So I've been I'm I'm on this thing where I'm drinking ginger and um green tea every day. You know, I'm trying to get my life right. <laughs> I'm trying to buy myself some time. So, <laughs> so I, you know, I worked out yesterday. I'm going to do a little workout today. Uh, I've been drinking my green tea, doing a little fasting. I'm trying to buy myself some time on the other side of 60. Because now I'm about to step into 60. And I feel like I need to put some more years on this body. I need to put some more years in front of me. And I think the way to do that is to, you know, take care of your health. Now, taking care of my health won't stop an anvil from falling on my head and killing me. Good health, you know, t taking on these new things is not going to prevent me from slipping and falling to my death off a cliff. No, it's not. But in the meantime, <laughs> in between time, I can do what I can. <laughs> so I'm doing what I can. So I'm I'm drinking, I'm drinking a little, uh, a little organic ginger, and organic green tea mix. I figure they both are good for you. Might as well mix them. I'm like that. Excess and extra. If one, if if green tea is gonna do you good, and ginger tea is doing you good, and they tell you you need to drink this every day, well then combine them. <laughs> combine them. That's what I'm doing. Tis the season. Tis the season. I love it. Good morning from California. Hey, Ken. <laughs> I appreciate you listening. My sister Lil, too. Hey, Lil. Hey, Pat Allen in Seattle. Hey, Tom Brown in San Francisco. Hey, Angela Bishop in Hercules. All my good friends out there on, the, on that East West Coast basking in good weather. I hate y'all. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I couldn't live with all that sun. No, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. <laughs> oh, I would be, I would get tired of being in sandals and tank tops all the time. I'd be tired of it. Give me a, give me, give me a hat and gloves and a, and a, and a, and a, and a big coat and boots and slush. <laughs> just saying. No, let me tell you something. If I was a woman of means, I'd live in Santa Barbara. That's where I would live. I would live in Santa Barbara. You know why? Because I could grow the roses that I always dreamed of in Santa Barbara and the weather would be beautiful. And if I could get to the coast, that would be even better. So I would have to live somewhere by somewhere between Barbara Streisand and Oprah. Like I know there's some land or some property or a house somewhere between the two of them, you know, and I'd have a garden too. I wouldn't run the garden, but I would have a garden. So you see, see what kind of money I need to have to have the life that I want, but I have the life that I want. So so that's all right. 
Oh, it's only 45 at 8 a.m. Oh, please. And by what time will it be at noon? 45 is pretty cold. It's 32 degrees here right now at 1040. It's, it's 32 degrees here in New Haven. That's pretty cold. Woo! Although I've turned my heat up because the thermostat said it was like, I don't know. I think it was just at uh, 58 or something, which is a little bit too chilly. So I bumped it up to 62 so that when the heat clicks on, it'll get it to 60. To get it to 60. I think I put it at 63. So it'll get it to like 61. And I think that's the sweet spot for, for, for my apartment. Uh, and then I have a space heater if I need more heat in my bedroom. So, but I have so many things around me. Like it's, I'm literally, it's a, it's a storage. It's a, it's a QB. <laughs> I live in a, I live in a dorm slash storage apartment because oh, everything, but everything and my stuff. <sighs> boy, oh boy. But it's karma. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it as karma. Cause I remember dropping my stuff over at my mama's house, my auntie's house, and and just leaving it for years, <laughs> years. So I know, I know bins, and I go, I go get that stuff. I mean, my mother died, and we had to clean out her uh, townhouse, and uh, you know, my mother kept a lot of things. And my sister was like, my sister's like a slash and burn person. Ah, 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 ah. Throw it away, throw it away. And I, you know, I would gently go through everything and like, oh, 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 oh. She's like, and she would, she would snatch it out of my hands. <laughs> I'm not keeping this. I was like, but look, our little hand turkeys. <laughs> oh, hand turkeys, you know, like you put your hand on a paper and then you draw around your hand and then you put all the little things that a turkey would have on, on that paper, like you would glue it. And some years, some years the turkey was recognizable and some years the turkey was just abstract art. <laughs> I, I remember looking at those things, my sister snatched him. <laughs> my sister Lowe snatched him out of my head. like, ah, you're not taking that home. And <laughs> she threw it in the garbage. <laughs> She's like, babe, you've not seen this stuff in 40 years. You are not taking this home. <laughs> Because, you know, I'm very sentimental about stuff like that. My sister, not so much. <laughs> she snatched it out of my hands. I was like, oh, my God. I was so mad. And I was like, oh. But this, but she was absolutely right. I mean, she was, I, I, you know, the fact that I gave myself time to sit there and look through that stuff was just really the bomb that I needed. I didn't need to carry those things with me because they were already in me. Just seeing them again just uh, reminded me of, of, of what that was like and remembering that. that And that was just really was the key. And I, I didn't need to take that with me. But now, you know, they say when you find stuff, you can take a picture of it, you can save it, and you can do all the things. But I didn't think about that at the time. But that was pretty good. That was pretty good. So, yeah. So, yeah, so I live in a storage bin. Not to mention that, you know, I have a ridiculous amount of clothes and accessories because I'm a clothes whore, right? Like, I, I, I like clothes. I always have. And, uh, and I dress well. Uh, by no accident, I was just trained that way. Uh, and so I, I, I care about presentation of myself. 
not for the world. Although the world is my stage, I appreciate that. But I, I do like I do like to dress well. Now there now listen, every day is not a runway. I want it to be, and that's what I'm thinking about for sixty. Like every day will be a runway. I mean, I don't go out looking. I I long since stopped slipping out looking like a mess. Although I ran over to Efe's house the other night in a in a big thing in pajama pants. But if I got stopped by the police, I wouldn't be embarrassed. <laughs> it's not that you know. And I've long since stopped showing up places looking raggedy. Because I remember a couple of times I'd be in the grocery stores just looking all kinds of ways, and I'd run into like ex boyfriends and stuff like that. And you know, you never want to run into an ex looking your worst. Just don't. <laughs> but I, when I run into an ex, I just want to look like I just fell off the page of Vogue. I mean, swear to God, I don't. <laughs> I want to look fabulous and amazing. Not because I have anything to prove. I, it's not that. It really is an internal ego kind of thing. Like, I. I don't want you to see me at my absolute worst. And not to say that, uh, and I, I have run out there. And you know, when you're a parent, it's easy to just throw on something and run out when you have young kids at the house. And I did that one time too many and I was like, oh. And I would just be like, oh my God. And you know, and then the people want to hold a conversation with you. Well, what are you doing? What are you up to? And you just look crazy. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God. And I was like, I had did it one time too many. And I was like, I am never, I'm never running out looking like this again. I'm not doing it. And that's just for my own self-preservation. It has nothing to do with what I think somebody else thinks of me. I think very highly of myself. But I also know, um, I just don't want to roll like that. So, so I want to look halfway decent when I, more than halfway decent. I want to look fabulous when I step out the door. And whether it's casual or not, I want to look fabulous. So <laughs> I know that's a, that's a lot. <laughs> that's all right. That's how I roll. That's how I'm rolling. And 2023, baby, because I, I turned a big 6-0. That's why I'm trying, to, I'm trying to do all these, make these small changes so that I could put some more time, you know, into this, into this, this second part of this life. You know, the second part of my life. I want to put some more time. So, you know, I got to drop a little weight. I got to, you know, get a little more tone. I mean, I have to drop a lot of weight, but I, that's not the driving factor. I mean, I'm fine. You know, I'm, I'm fine. But I, I'm not like, oh, my God, I, I have to get high school skinny. I'm not doing that foolishness. But there is some weight that needs to be lost. And I get that so that I could be optimum and do all the things that I want to do. That's That's really what it is. And, um, and, you know, dropping a little weight will, I think, extend my life a little bit. A little bit. Unless an anvil falls on my head. Y'all watch Bugs Bunny. Remember Bugs Bunny and, and um, Roadrunner? Be anvil. <laughs> and anvil is a very black history thing. So if you don't know anything about anvils and enslaved people, look it up. But anyway, I don't want an anvil or a piano to fall on my head. So I, there's nothing I do about that. But I can do something about living a little bit longer, get keeping the blood pressure good and the, the blood sugar's good and, you know, cholesterol good. Like keeping all those things normal. 
And so green tea and ginger tea it is in the morning, two cups. So I don't start my morning with coffee, although I will have some coffee in a little bit because coffee is good for you too. But I like to start my day now with tea. So, and I grew up drinking a lot of tea in my life. So, so I'm not, and I don't put sweeteners in it. Like I don't like sweet tea. I don't want honey in it. I don't want sugar. I don't want that God awful stevia in my tea. I just like it plain, hot water. Mm, that's it. Sometimes it depends on the tea. I throw, sprinkle a little cinnamon maybe. But other than that, I like a little cinnamon in my coffee. You know, I like that, I like that. Another dual, dual, dual uh, purpose, uh, black coffee and a little cinnamon regulates that blood sugar. Just saying. So look into it. So uh, today I'm going to, uh, when I get off air, I'm going to get dressed, run up to the inner city. And then I'm going to figure out a day to go caroling because I had posted it up on Facebook that I wanted to go caroling in New Hallville. And a lot of people said, yes, we'd like to do it. Give us some dates. So since uh, next week is what? Christmas? Next week is Christmas. Next week is Christmas? <laughs> next week? Is next week Christmas? Next week is Christmas. Yeah, I guess next Saturday is Christmas Eve. So, all right. So I'm going to try to get a caroling night in next week. Maybe. I'll figure out. Get a little caroling in. You know, just an hour, sing some songs, walk the neighborhood. That's what I want to do. So anyway, thank you, Noah, for riding shotgun. Harry, you are in my prayers. Thank you all for listening to me today. I'll be back tomorrow, Thursday. Enjoy the rest of your day, good people. And look, if you follow me on Facebook, uh, look out for the caroling date. I'll see y'all. Thanks, Paul Bell.